what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. The Matt Sodnikar Podcast. Tech episodes of this podcast are now supported by Furos.io. That is F-U-R-O-S dot I-O. Furos is a Denver cloud consulting firm. And chances are, if there's a big building in downtown Denver with their logo on the outside of it, Furos has got people in there doing some very interesting work that has an impact on those businesses. They focus on AWS, cloud consulting, and their mantra is simple. Hire the best people they can pay them really well and let them work on challenging, interesting projects that have impacts on the business. So if you are struggling with the cloud, and I know that's a really overused word in the tech space and projects aren't getting done and you need some help, look them up. Furos.io. That is F-U-R-O-S.io. All right. Welcome to the podcast. This is Matt Sodnikar. Thanks for listening. I'm here with uh, Franny Matthews. She is the president and CEO of the Colorado Technology Association. Uh, Franny, thanks for making the time and tell me why you've got purple hair. Oh, well, yeah, I, I uh, didn't agree to a video conference, I guess. So um, yeah, I do have purple hair. So um, Matt, first of all, thanks for uh, inviting me to do this. I am oh, pretty it's my pleasure. Well, and I love all the volunteer work that you do for us. Thank you very much. Oh, so, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about what we're doing at Colorado Technology Association. And that's not why my hair turned purple, but it's close. <laughs> um, when I um, started nine months ago, we um, started putting together our strategy and our goals. Um, and we kind of do goals in chunks. And it might be, you know, your weekly goals, your monthly goals, your quarterly goals, and certainly what are we looking at, you know, five years out. And so this quarter, we set some must make goals, and then we made some audacious goals. And I laughingly said, I'll dye my hair purple if you guys make these audacious goals. And the audacious goals were around membership engagement, um, value that we're bringing to our membership and growth. And um, this team blew it out. So uh, lo and behold, the day before Rocky's opening, I got purple hair. <laughs> um, I also think it's kind of an interesting study because, um, you, know, uh, you know, I'm not 23 years old. So a woman of my um, maturity having purple hair could seem a little bit strange. Um, but I think hair is a, is a really good example of a lot of things that we're seeing. Hair changes. I've spent my entire career growing my hair and cutting it off. (laughs) And so why, uh, why would you not take a little bit of risk with your hair? And, um, the other thing I realized that I needed to get over myself because I did it and it wasn't that big a deal. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Well, that's great. Um, the the sea level at Mahaya, this is my second time there, and it was just a phenomenal experience. Um, it just, I've interviewed a couple people f- that I've met there, but tell me from your perspective, 
what the event actually is. Okay. So we do this in the spring every year. Um, and as we know, this year, uh, spring in Colorado can be a little bit dangerous the from the weather. Cyclone. <laughs> yeah, wasn't, the wasn't that great? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I found myself on LinkedIn, you know, saying, I shoveled off my driveway. It's going to melt. We're going to be fine. Get to the stadium. <laughs> uh, and we had a great program. But the intention of sea level at Mile High is really, you know, part of it is certainly fundraising for our organization so that we continue to do programming throughout the year. But there's a tremendous amount of value in bringing um, the Colorado tech community together. So we had about 850 um, people come this year. I wonder and, how big it was. Yeah, it was a little bit less because of the weather. Um, but interestingly, we got uh, great feedback on it. It was kind of the sweet spot on uh, for from you know having the right people in the room and really being able to connect. Um, we had sixty celebrities, which are C level, um, mostly CIOs or CTOs. Uh, that volunteer their time, put packages together to be able to connect with uh, people in the community that want to be talking to them about possible business opportunities or building a relationship with them. Um, it's a fun event. Um, we continue to look at making sure everybody has a great experience and the celebrities having a great experience as well as the um, uh, as the members that are coming. Um, but it's just a it's um it's very um it's very symbolic of how Colorado works. Um, I have worked outside of Colorado in Northern California, and um, but most of my time has been here. And what makes us different is our ability to collaborate. We really do a great job of that. So convening and finding ways to work together. Um, it's an important part of what CTA does in the tech community, um, but it's also amplifies what's natural to Coloradoans. I would agree. I thought the, the not the vibe, but the <clears throat> the spirit of the event yeah. was very, very friendly. Yeah. And it was just, I think I left there with six connections. I met a ton of people. Yeah. But six connections I made that I didn't know going into it, met purely by random. And we're communicating now and trying to figure out ways to help each other. When I it I felt that way, it was kind of explosive on my side on on meeting people that maybe I've been talking to on the phone or that you know it, that face to face contact. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what did the celebrities think of it? What was their their feedback? I got I got great feedback. First of all, um, uh, we have a very giving uh, group of individuals in tech, and they like contributing. To, and helping Colorado technology be successful. So there's an element of that, but they also just like the interaction um, with um, people in the community. And so it's a time to relax. And, and we also, uh, we have a, an event right before, so they get to talk to one another in a more intimate setting. And then they come down the escalator and do, uh, you know, do the big show. And so it's, it's just fun. <laughs> I just saw a lot of people smiling, which is, is great. I was thanked multiple times for being a volunteer. So we had the light up lanyards and it's a very, very subtle, tiny thing, but it was from celebrities. It was from attendees. It was from the CTA committee and that show of gratitude you know, you can be in a good mood, but people expressing 
their gratitude said a lot about the event in my mind. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you. Thank you for for sure. saying that people said thank you because I yeah. I am so grateful for all the uh, work that our community does for us. We're a small team. You know that. We, we run pretty lean here. And uh, doing the amount of programming that we do, we can't do it without the collaboration of the community. And so to hear that you you also felt that gratitude, I, I just think that's a, uh incredibly important thing uh, as far as the relationships go. So, Matt, thank you <laughs> again. I'll tell you thank you again. You're welcome. In, in my household, we used to have a joke when our uh, kids were little, thank you for saying thank you. And then it would go on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> But it has to happen, right? Yeah. You know, and I still I burn through thank you notes all the time. Yeah. I, one of my bigger expenses at work is postage and and stationery. Yeah. For that very reason, because it's just it, it going back to the family. That's how my mom brought me up. So yeah. it's like you have you get a present, you send a thank you note. Yeah. Like, still to this day, I'll do it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I. Um, You'll be getting one. Yeah. Well, and I, I was sitting here (laughs) thinking (laughs) that um, I, I have not been as good on the, on the handwritten notes just because I don't, don't always have somebody's address, and so, but I, I don't stop. I'm sending, and it makes you feel so good to show gratitude. It's kind of a selfish act on my part. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So we talked about the, the, the event. So what are the focus areas of the Colorado Technology Association? Where does that mission go? Where does the funds go? What, what do you do with that? Okay. Well, you know, uh, when I look at our entire mission, is um, it, it's really to help facilitate a incredibly robust tech community in Colorado. Um and that's really the why of why I took this position, because it was kind of a left turn in my career. I had been with IBM for 18 wonderful years wow. and, uh, you know, primarily leading sales teams. And I've always loved being a translator. I started out very early as a coder, coding in hex. <laughs> I, was a, I was a software engineer for Medtronic yeah, Were for you? 10 years. Yeah. yeah I had a yeah. very dull headache writing code. So. <laughs> a very dull headache. Sorry, I, I know where you came from because <laughs> I'm in sales too. So, so you know, but I, and I'm a much better salesperson than I am a coder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I, and when I say sales, I've always been a translator. I've always said, okay, that technology mm. is awesome. This is what it means. And so when I say I'm selling, I'm really connecting the dots on how is that going to benefit. But when I look at uh, what's been happening and I do a keynote on, you know, how do we get here and how do you thrive in this environment? um, The, you know, Moore's law is the root cause. Mm -hmm. So we were bebopping along with pretty good progression of things changing. And then, I would say about three years ago, we started seeing a ramp up. And I think that there's nothing going to happen but a swoosh in uh, the the effects of what technology will do. And in fact, it's been said that in the next two, uh, 20 years, we'll see more change than we have in the last 300. And I think very few of us think that that's not going to happen. Um, so Moore's so- Law, that's every 18 months, it is that it doubles in? Uh, 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 transistors on a... Okay. On a chip. Okay. Yeah. And at the same time, the cost of that technology is going down 
by 50%. So um, when I look back on my career in sales, I always looked at those like, gosh, that's a doubling of my quota. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, but uh, you know, anyway, the, the, you know, when I look at this, you know, whether it's our community or organizations or individuals, you really need to be prepared for it. And you right. need to be thinking every day, how am I going to get better? And so we look at our programming around that, like we do insight series. And that's every quarter we pick an emerging topic. And uh, this month we're doing uh, augmented uh, analytics. So, you know, getting into the AI machine learning from your you know standard look at analytics. Um, next quarter we're going to do uh, the future of work, which – fascinates me. Sure. And so um, uh, I think it's just incredibly important at a at a individual level and as we gather in groups, how are we going to thrive in this? And um and it, you know what keeps me awake at night, the dark side of the other side of the coin is is that um I don't want people left behind. So that's kind of where we're going with the foundation. So we have Colorado Technology Association and the foundation, and our foundation is is really focused on uh, talent because we have a huge talent gap. And, you know, I'm fiercely going after how we can help solve that. And we've got a lot of energy around it in Colorado. So if we work together um, – don't overlap on on what other organizations are doing and figure out how we get more people going into tech and looking at more diverse ways of educating people. Um, because, you know, not everything requires a four-year degree. And in fact, sure. I've heard statistics around a, a data scientist will probably spawn four other jobs. And by the way, my daughter's a data scientist, and I am starting to hear rumblings that that's exactly what's happening. Really? Yeah. So what yeah. would the other jobs be? Like support roles or yeah. what, what would they be? Yeah. Well, you don't want to put a, a highly, um, you know, uh, talented data scientist in the role of cleaning data, for instance. Mm. So data cleansing and doing and, and maybe query work. Um, uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of, of it's a myriad of needs. And so you want to have your best folks working on the more complex issues and and also you know creating a farm team to get uh, other people up in their in their skills and you in this environment you learn by doing i love that thought of getting people up to their their talent level yeah. and not you know not to not the work is below them, but maybe it's not where their strengths are. Well, in, you know, if you look in the in the um, area of data science, um, these are these are puzzle solvers, and that's what gets them up in the morning. And if you wind up taking a really talented data science scientist and puts put them into a dull, repetitive job, or have them do record, reporting, or they'll leave. And so it's really, you know, putting together your your technical teams um, in a methodical way and making sure that everybody is is reaching for what their potential is. That's how you retain talent. I was reading a book or still I'm reading a book by Adam Grant, 
And I just blanked on the name, but when you're talking about the, the data and the, the job satisfaction, they had drilled down into this case study at a call center, like a help, help desk center yeah. for customer service. And they figured out through data that the people that stayed the longest used Chrome and Firefox as their browsers. So the people that used Safari and Internet Explorer didn't seek out other answers and other options. And so the people that were more creative oh. problem solvers, because you have to download Firefox and Chrome. Right. It doesn't come native on yeah. a Mac or a PC. And so they, they controlled for all these other factors, and they were just blown away that it's like, that Easy. that was the indicator. <laughs> wow, that's really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, that is really interesting, and I'm happy to say that I use those those browsers. So yeah, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling very progressive. <laughs> but yeah, that's the key is just finding the the right personality for the right role, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, and it's it, and all that would say is that it's an indicator. I mean, I remember right. um, uh, hearing a a statistic that families who eat dinner together, um, you know, kids have, you know, you, you see really good outcomes um, from from kids. And I thought, it's not about the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, enough about browsers. Yeah, I want to get back yeah, to important okay. stuff. So, like, what else does the uh, – did so, you want to talk more on the focus areas? Yeah. So, okay. you know, with sea level uh, – that's a great example of us just bringing the community together. In all of our um, uh, areas, we try to do that. Um, we also do policy work, um, and we've kind of democratized that a bit this year, and we've got a policy council that, uh, you know, any of our members can come to. And it's uh, it, we have about 50 people show up. And we talk about what's coming down the pike, both at a state level and um, at a um, uh, at a federal level. And um, I think I think in tech policy, it's incredibly important to have clarity on on the issues because it is really a tough area to uh, uh, put legislation around. Um, it's complex. It's fast moving. And so um, we want to build that programming out um, a bit more. Uh, we've we've pulled back a bit on our taking positions on bills, and we mm. may change that. We may look, you know, uh, what I look at is that we've got a horizontal tech membership community, and I want to, you know, if it's good for all of us, uh, we should be uh, screaming from the mountaintops. Sure. How about some of the uh, the programming? You touched on the programming, and there's one particular one that we definitely wanted to cover. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited about uh, women in technology. Um, we have uh, been uh, doing a uh, WIT um, conference for uh, eight years. This will be our ninth year. And we've always had very uh, robust robust programming to really make a difference to the individuals that come. So this year, uh, we have Beth Comstock, who was the co-chair of GE, um, you know, um, running innovation. I mean, pretty much the chief marketing officer for GE. And her book, Imagine It Forward, is an amazing book. I read it at the end of last year, and I 
I was like, we got to have Beth. <laughs> and um, I was asked by a board member, who's your second choice? I'm like, I don't have one. <laughs> and I'm um, kind of throwing that energy out to the world. And we, I have a wonderful board member that helped me. And we got on the phone with Beth and she's like, yeah, I'll do it. And so we are so happy um, because her message in in the book is really talking about this transformation that we have to make. And, um, you know, most of us had our careers in this centric idea of you find something that works, you perfect it, you scale it. Hmm. And with all the disruption that we have, um, we've got, it, it, that's been turned on its ear and we have to have this agile point of view. We have to be willing to, uh, try things that have risk associated with them. And I have found that risk actually, it's the opposite. If you're being too conservative, you're actually taking more of a risky position. I mean, you don't want to be, you know, drunk and disorderly, but you want to be thinking about how you approach, uh, your innovation and be willing to, oh, I didn't do that quite right. And, and, you know, I think the saying is fail forward. Right. And fast. Mm -hmm. And so we're even finding that uh, with our small organization that we're iterating on what we're doing from a programming perspective, because the industry is changing so quickly, we need to change our programming and events to meet the needs of the industry. And one of the things that I said when I first came in was, we are an a tech association that happens to do programming. We are not a programming association that happens to focus on tech. We really are deeply ingrained in figuring out what this industry needs and then, you know, putting it out there. When is that, <clears throat> excuse me, when is that event with Beth? Uh, so Women in Tech is on June 7th. Okay. And uh, tickets go on sale on April 16th. Got it. And it's down in Larkspur. It's so it's a retreat, uh, tr retreat feel. And there'll be about 700 women there. We wow. are this year going to have some male speakers. We've got a panel. Um, I think it's really important to um, have, you know, the total voice of our community. Um, and yet we have kept the the actual attendees, all female, because what happens at the table discussions are really powerful when it's a all female discussion happening. Uh, but again, we're iterating on all of this. You know, I, I'm really excited about the uh, panel that will have men on it talking about being champions and looking at diversity and inclusion and how do you how do you get that you know kickstarted and maintaining. Uh, that robust um, workforce. What's your opinion on women in tech over your career? I, I would imagine that at IBM, when you started, you probably were one of a few women there. Was that correct? Yeah. Um, when I started, um, you know, IBM has been, uh, you know, pretty progressive on making sure that they had a diverse work group because they knew it was going to make them stronger. Um, when you when you have diversity of thought, and diversity comes in many different forms, but when you have diversity of thought uh, where different uh, voices and opinions are being heard, uh, you get better decisions. 
Um, and so as, as time went on through my career, I did find that I was the only woman in the room more often than hmm. I would have liked to have been. And I never quite figured that out in, in my sales capacity, why that is so. And that's one of the things that we're working on, because statistically, you'll see that there's a bit of a cliff mid-career uh, with women uh, either leaving tech or leaving large tech. Um, and, you know, we want that retention uh, because it makes all our organizations stronger. And I, I, there's a lot of organizations that are really making a, a concerted effort because they know how important it is. If you look at the statistics, um, if you're born after 2009 in the United States, there is no majority. And so you need to be looking at ethnic diversity and just just broadening the aperture just in general. Um, because if you're only uh, hiring a, a particular subset, you it's going to be very difficult to be successful. I would agree. So, and then mm-hmm. the other thing where I get really tough is that I also believe that um, it's a metric that requires intention. And I will hear, well, gosh, we, we don't have the pipeline. Well, coming from my sales background, that if I walked into a review and said, oh, I'd love to make my numbers, but I don't have the pipeline, um, I probably would have been ushered out of the room pretty quickly. So it, it's an intention, and it, I, I, I would put it in a business imperative um, situation. In order to be successful, you need to have intention around diversity and inclusion. I would say look harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I also laugh um, at um, y- you don't, you know, when it comes to women, you don't need to know a lot of women in tech. You need to know a few women that know a lot of women in tech. <laughs> right. You need that connector. Right. That that's fuse. How, that's right. right. That's, you start the fuse and, and, and then it, it, it starts to grow pretty quickly. What is that feeling like? when you would walk into a room and it would just be you and a bunch of men, because I'm, I'm a white male and I don't think I've ever been excluded in, in not excluded, but not ever been an outlier in that sense. So what was that like? Well, I would say if Malcolm Gladwell is right, you know, I certainly had more than 10,000 hours in that situation. Sure. So <laughs> I got pretty good at it. Um, but I learned quickly, um, how to communicate in a way that I could be heard. Um, I also, it still happens that I get talked over. Um, and I, I've gotten better at that, but it, that, that can, that's the underbelly. That's kind of the frustrating part. But in general, I, um, I kind of was more kind of questioning, why is this? Mm. I don't get it because this has been a fabulous career for me. Um, You know, I have uh, two daughters that, you know, I was able to be, uh, I was able to create my success in the way that I wanted to holistically. Um, And sometimes that meant I wasn't going to take a traveling job. Um, But I always felt that I was really good at what I did. Um, And I would see things in the room that somebody else might not see. Um, I was recently in a, in a, uh, situation where there was a, 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 a more of an introverted, um, vice president in technology, and she was giving a lot of information about what was important to the organization. 
and nobody was hearing her. And I, I but I could hear her. Mm. And so that's a, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I want it to be different. I want it to be a non-issue. I, I'd like it to, you know, I'd like to walk in and see five people with purple hair in the room and, and <laughs> not have it matter. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I just, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate. And I'm doing a lot of speaking. I was up at CU um, a couple days ago and speaking to the uh, women in business at the Leeds School of Business. And um, that were, it was a long conversation about the, that. Um, and, you know, a little bit on the Me Too. And I kind of look at uh, the Me Too movement as, you know, it's been an opportunity to pull pull back and see what's really been going on. But I also think that it's um, a very, very small number of repeat offenders. And the bulk of the my relationships with men in business has been phenomenal. Um, and, and uh, you know, the positive on this is I think we're having nuanced conversations on what's appropriate and what's not. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to go to the next level. And, and figure out how we have an inclusive uh, business environment where everybody's voices are heard and um, ideas are heard. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think the, the origin of <clears throat> tech being male-dominated is? I mean, that's a gigantic question. Yeah. You know, I, it's kind of – and, and uh, I'm going to answer somewhat an- anecdotally. I mean, I – I was always good in math. Um, and so I, it, I never got that, um, I'm not good at math thing. Um, and, um, my daughters have been the same way. But when I look back on where they got positive reinforcement, I am a huge fan of math teachers. Mm. Um, and it started early. I can, I, I can pinpoint when I had teachers that took extra effort in me because I had the curiosity and the interest. And um, I also look back on my daughters who had the same thing. Um, and I had, you know, a, a second grade math teacher that really pressed my youngest daughter, a middle school math teacher who said, um, you got to do your homework. <laughs> and um, her calculus uh, teacher um, at uh, Cherry Creek High School who came to the house after she'd been in a terrible car wreck and sat at our um, kitchen table and helped her uh, get back on track. Um, I think math teachers are awesome people. (laughs) I've got a math minor and I got my doors blown off with differential equations, but it was fun. I would like the theoretical math. Like I'm not good at addition, but even though I'm not an engineer anymore, like I still love the fact that there's some elegance in the fact that almost anything could be boiled down to an equation. Yeah, I, I agree. And I've got, I, I've got a, um, informal, ma- uh, uh, statistics minor. Okay. Um, yeah, university of Florida didn't give minors, but I went, I, I think my last one was nonlinear regression and, um, it made my brain hurt really <laughs> badly. 
but it was well worth taking. Um, the other thing I would say, and I need to look up where this study came from, but there's, we see a drop off of uh, girls' interest in, in math and science um, in middle school and sometimes earlier than that. And there's a study that they get positively reinforced for their communication skills. Uh, about the time that communication skills for males kind of drops off mm-hmm. and then it'll come back. But it's that pivot um, in that that time they're getting positively reinforced for it. So um, it's attractive. Uh, there's also some studies being done on how girls learn math. And if it's purpose-based, uh, you know, kind of uh, the the word questions, the story questions, uh, they're more likely to engage and figure out the problem. And I certainly saw that with my one daughter. She loved, um, you know, the, the stories and how to figure it out. And then she'd tell me how she figured it out. I'm like, oh, my God, I would have never taken that path. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all think differently. Yeah. And, and I know being a father of a daughter that even from a very young age, communicating with her yeah. made me – a better communicator, but also a better person because it was me adapting to her style. Yeah. This is this is before I went down with DISC and all the communication professional development, but yeah. just really she processes things very, very differently. And I do too. I, I learn very differently than other people. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think we're each unique in, in how we do it. I mean, I, you know, I have to write things down and I love colored pens because I can, re- that's how I memorize. Right. Um, I can see it on the book. Um, and there is some science behind that, that the act of actually writing is um, much better for retention than, um, than putting it in a digital form. Oh, immediately. I travel yeah. everywhere with pads and paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I was going to say, which is an aha moment for me in the last uh, you know year or so, is that I don't know that I understood um, the importance of the ecosystem and the community that I grew up in. I grew up in Central Florida hmm. during the, the heyday of the space program. So Martin Marietta was a major employer. Uh, many of my friends' dads were engineers at Martin. Uh, we had, uh, uh, you know, uh, teachers that had come out of industry that were teaching at the high school level. And so it was a very uh, STEM-centric community. Um, and so I've always been comfortable with that. And I didn't quite, I don't think I ever gave it credit uh, until recently. Well, it's that social proof. And yeah. it's the, like, breaking the four-minute mile way back when yeah. is that if, you see somebody like yourself someplace that you never thought you could get to, it immediately makes it possible. Yeah, yeah. And I listen to podcasts about Black Panther, right? A black superhero, right? Like, wow, finally a movie for us, right? And then if you see a woman that's in charge of a major technological corporation or an engineer or an astronaut or whatever it is, it's like, oh, there's there's a there's somebody that looks more like me doing this. Yeah. I actually have uh, kind of opened up my aperture a little bit late was that I had role models, but they didn't look like me. Mm. And so I, I uh, kind of do the leap now if, and it goes back to being the only woman in the room. If I'm the only woman in the room, 
who can I learn from in here, even if they don't look like me? Mm. Um, and and uh, coming back to that, one of the programming that uh, the programs that we've been doing for um, the foundation side and in, in looking at this te- tech uh, gap talent or. Boy, I messed that one up. <laughs> Don't edit that out. I'm going to fix it. <laughs> you know what I meant. Right. Um, but that, you know, we want uh, middle school girls to see what's available or early high school. So we did a SheTech um, day at DU this year where we brought in 140 girls and we showed them um, what tech meant and gave them some opportunities to do a tech challenge. And um, we had a guest speaker who was is a Broncos cheerleader and an aerospace engineer. And it, it, it was phenomenal. And, you know, she made the point that she can show up in her feminine, feminine self that she's very comfortable in and do the things that she wants to do from a science perspective. And she told stories about her dad, who was an engineer, that would pose these theoretical, <laughs> theoretical questions at the dinner table and then leave her with that. And she's like, I had a hard time sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you go through a black hole? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> anyway. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, so this has been great. Um, just every touch point I've ever had with the CTA getting to know you, it's been phenomenal. And anybody that's in the tech space, I would highly suggest getting involved. Well, thank you for that. Uh, we are very passionate about it around here. It's a mission. And, um, what I love about this team is that I've worked, you know, in teams or led teams where it's kind of individual contribution that, you know, goes up into the hierarchy of a bigger contribution, but we work like an organism. Mm. Um, and it's the, this mesh of working with each other, working with volunteers, uh, working with our board and, and it's, uh, we are stronger, uh, than individuals put together. We, the, the organization itself has a strength that, um, has been really inspiring to me over the last nine months. Love it. So where can people find the organization, get involved? I'll put links to that, all that when I publish this. Oh, but. oh terrific. Well, it's coloradotechnology.org. So you have to be able to spell those pig, two big words and jam them <laughs> together. <laughs> um, but that's our website. Excellent. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and LinkedIn and, um, and Instagram. Uh, those are our main ones. And um, so there's lots of ways to find us, lots of ways to engage. Um, and we are thrilled to be building this phenomenal ecosystem. That's great. And your homework for next year is think about some goal for me, and I will dye my hair purple next spring. As okay. Well. So we got to figure that out. I know where it can be done. <laughs> great. <laughs> Franny, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Matt, thank you. I, I, I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you.